0: Shall we begin? Hey everyone, and welcome to Legion Quest. I am the number one mojo conspiracy theorist, Zach Jenkins, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the world's angriest boy in the world, Matt Sibley. Matt, how you doing today?
1: I'm okay, I I resent that name a little bit, but...
0: Oh, it's, it's good, it's good. So, today we are going to be talking about Chapter 3, the third uncreatively titled episode in the TV show Legion.
1: They really should be going with the titles that we give them in our podcast episodes.
0: <laughs> I've liked the ones we've had so far. Well, well can you imagine, well, you
1: like, you, you, you know, you're scrolling through a DVR or something and then you see the words, Unhand the reptile space captain, you're like, you know what, I was, wasn't really sure about this, but I'm going to give it a chance now
0: it's worth looking into well and part of it and i've seen this a bit no holly he did a ton of very creative very well thought out evocative titles for fargo yeah
1: mm, stuff like
0: and from what I've,
1: it's like parables and things like that
0: yeah and they really fit with the theme of the episode it was like tangential but in a way that it got across what you wanted the episode to say but from what I heard, he was a little peeved that people were reading into them so much. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. I
1: guess, I guess that fun. happens in like a post Breaking Bad world where everyone's analyzing like a lot of stuff about it.
0: Yeah, where two idiots are just running a podcast yeah. on <laughs> Friday morning, talking about every detail of the show. Yeah, our st- our know, stuff is grounded I don't in know hard evidence. Listen to it. Our stuff is grounded in hard evidence.
1: Yeah. We're a cut above the
0: rest. <laughs> we only only talk about the most important things. That's why we are not going to bring up the Legion slash Trolls, the DreamWorks animated movie conspiracy theory that I came up with last week. We're just going to leave that on the table.
1: That's like a definitely worthwhile one. uh, Fox isn't willing to work with Marvel, but DreamWorks, yes. (laughs)
0: I'll put that in the as mentioned. Essentially, when you have to watch a lot of children's TV shows, (laughs) you start to just have fun with it.
1: Do you have, like, a giant board with kind of red wires running across for that one? Or was that more of, like, a spur of the moment, like, you know what? There's, there's a link here. It's quite, it's quite that obvious. That was me
0: getting real pissed off that they were singing Total Eclipse of the Heart, which is my least favorite song in the existence of songs, and then trying to figure a way to justify why I'm watching this for the last hour.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an appropriate reaction, then.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, beyond that, Legion... Still a really good show.
1: Yeah, I like this one more like, than last week.
0: Yeah, last week, last week was a lot of setup. It was last week got us in a position where we could just jump into everything this week.
1: Mm, you know, it's it, it, it's similar in a way. Like it, there's memory work again, and there's like another conversation with Sid. But I think like it does flip the tables and everything.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh, I really like this. This this was actually directed by the same uh same director from last week, whose name Michael Epandol. Michael Offendahl. I think it was just another function of the script. And I'll tell you, this episode, we talked about tension last week, and hmm. how they were playing with rising and falling tension and everything. They doubled down on that. This oh yeah, week. like it goes
1: like kind of further into like horror aspects. Like one of my with like the house at the end, like it kind of gave me like a Resident Evil kind of like the like the original one kind of feeling. Just oh yeah, like a, you know, just yeah, in, yeah like a confined location. Room. Like, mm-hmm. the, the camera angles were a little bit more static as opposed to, like, being a free-moving one. So, like, things were kind of coming around the corner as opposed to, like, necessarily being able to prepare for something if it was going to be there. And then exactly. the vents were extremely claustrophobic.
0: It was... This show, I I have very high expectations for it at this point. And each and every week, it's like, oh, yeah, you're still going to beat those. You're still going to be better than I want, than I expect you to be. And I love that we're getting that. Like, we're, you know, we're basically
1: in like the second act now, like, and I'm still kind of very eager to watch it. There's been no point where I'm like, this has slowed down too much because they have they've run out of stuff to tell.
0: Right. Well, and it's it's only an eight episode series. Yeah. For this first season, mm. we're three in, and this thing it's just trucking. They've done a lot. Mm. And one of the things that's really worked that they've done well in, you know, three hours of television, is the relationship between David and Sid. Yeah, especially... had a conversation this week. Mm.
1: Well, like, just kind of just on, like, a wider thing before we dive into that, is, like, normally, like, the thing which people don't like in superhero movies is, like, the shoehorned romance. It's, like, like, the reason that people didn't want, like, Natalie Portman back for Thor Ragnarok. Okay. And, you know, that's, like, a smaller amount of time. Admittedly, they aren't as well done as this, but, you know, it's, like... It's no. a strength of this show that it's been able to not only like ingrain that so well into like the wider plot, but also make it something which people are willing to kind of look forward to and get invested in, and not feel like oh, I just want to skip to when they're doing cool telekinesis stuff.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I don't know what it's like over in the UK, but in uh, the US, when you're watching it live, it's on FX, mm-hmm. and FX has the rights to like every superhero movie for oh, right. TV. Okay. So the very first episode. Days of Future Past was playing, so I caught the last ten minutes of that. Mm -hmm. Which I have very strong feelings on. Love that movie. Yeah, it's very good. Then, last week, Guardians of the Galaxy was on. Okay. So I got the last ten minutes of that. Mm. Also good. Yep. Then, this week, Thor the Dark World was on. Mm. And I caught the last ten minutes of that, and all I could think is, man, Natalie Portman's boring in this.
1: Yeah, it's a shame that she didn't have kind of more to do she's kind of like set dressing there
0: yeah i mean it in the last few minutes it's them sitting around the kitchen table she's an astrophysicist she has all this stuff and all she can think about is i wonder when my space boyfriend's coming back oh yeah
1: i I forgot how that movie ended is that he comes back and puts like the hammer on the coat rack doesn't he or the coat hook
0: that's a little bit before but yeah the same set (laughs) it's it's a weird ending and it's it's a relationship done poorly and it's the exact opposite of david and sid here yeah because david and sid in this episode they have a real human moment yeah they do a little bit it's uh, like a it's a conversation
1: which is like heartfelt and it's also like able to kind of like switch to funny at times
0: feels like a real human conversation Mm. like I know one thing in the comics world. There's a writer, Brian Michael Bendis, who gets a lot of flack for a lot of things. Some of it deserved, some of it probably, probably not. Yeah. But one thing he one thing he does well is dialogue that sounds like a person is saying it, not a person is writing it. And there's a very big difference because people people aren't just a drama or comedy or horror or anything all at one time. They're a mixed bag with a bunch of things going through, and if you know someone might someone who's uh, might be a little you know insecure about opening up their feelings and stuff, if they're getting into dramatic territory, they might shift the conversation back. And in movies, you get a big problem where everyone boxes themselves into this little area. No, I'm in a drama. I am Shakespearean. I don't make jokes. I don't act like that or at least I don't do it in this particular scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, where are going now? Yeah. In real life, that's not, that's not how things work. And their conversation was so realistic. Hmm. They have a, the big crux of it is talking about the out of body experience they had in chapter yeah. one. Well, it's, you know, it's like they have
1: a, like a very shared connection now through that. And they've kind of been able to experience how the other lives in a way.
0: Yeah. It, I know uh, Sid was talking to David, and one of the big things she said is how, you know what? Her body doesn't feel like her body anymore. It just, it's this place where she resides, but she feels like she's more than that. She's more than, you know, some flesh and bones. Hmm. Because, like, you know, mutants
1: have to deal with persecution and kind of feeling trapped, but to be kind of, like, not able to then reach out and kind of, like connect with someone normally is only going to enhance that feeling
0: right and it was i think it was a real good counterpoint to uh the comics character rogue who you know at least from a power standpoint sid shares a lot of a lot with yeah definitely rogue she she was in the first three x-men movies uh she can she can touch someone and absorb their powers and memories where you know sid does that and she switches bodies with them essentially so it works out real similar, but the logistics of it, that completely changing your body, your look, your everything to the other person, just becoming them even for a short time. It does a lot to play with, you know, how that impacts them, where Rogue can be a lot more cavalier with it and her biggest hang up is I can't, you know, touch the one I love, I can't be, you know, with anyone. Mm-hmm. That's one thing where Sid, there's a lot more neuroses.
1: Yeah, and there's like, like the idea of becoming a kind of like accustomed to things, because David talks about like the phantom hair and everything. Yeah, so it's like because like it's you know it's it's a few hours. It's enough time to like kind of get used to what you look like in a way, even if you like you're not okay with it. And then to suddenly like be pulled out of that and have to reacclimatize to like the body which you think like you should know and be okay with, but it's not what you've had to experience for a few hours.
0: And I do like how this show was able to do, you know, sexual, sexualized dialogue without being crass or juvenile about it. Yeah, it was
1: because, like, even Lenny in the pilot is like when, when they're in David's room and right. then she goes like to touch her it, chest. It's like it's not kind of like, oh, this is this is too weird or like this is disgusting. It's,
0: well, and I think Lenny is a character. Yeah, it definitely get away fits it a Lanny lot, better. lot more. Where you know, David, it's it's actually a good comparison between the two characters where David is sitting there and he's horrified. We're like, okay, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was trying to figure out everything. There's just some stuff you got to deal with at the time. Where, you know, Lenny's like, oh, think of all the ways you can take advantage of this situation, how you can deal with it. And it showed a lot of maturity in the relationship that Sid was able to deal with it. And heck, even able to make jokes. Hmm. Yeah, to she's definitely more comfortable in. with
1: how, like having swapped in that way.
0: Oh yeah, her uh, her whole little <laughs> thing with David, uh, where she decided just to make him the most uncomfortable person yeah. in the conversation, yeah. was beautiful. It was perfect. It was the best jerk-off joke I've seen in a very long time on television.
1: My mind went to the one in the Buffy episode, Hush, when they're all like, they can't speak, and like they're discussing what to do, and like Willow makes the jerk-off motion. But it's obviously like, as if, like, oh, we should be staking them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I mean, that that sounds like something Joss Whedon would. It do. definitely is a Joss thing. Yeah. No. Uh, the the other thing that really happens in this episode, and this is between David and Sid, a lot again, uh, they're still running tests on David. Mm. No one knows what's going on with this kid. No, they're getting which closer. This appropriate though. for the character. Yeah. They're they're trying to they're trying to figure out. They realize that sticking him in an MRI and uh, just kind of letting that thing go wasn't the best solution.
1: No. In fact, They cleaned up. They cleaned up the room quite well since then, though. (laughs) Doesn't look like anything's really made a mess.
0: I mean, you know, in this episode when they start to do tests, Carrie has tries to make David promise that he won't destroy everything, (laughs) which David says, "I I can't do that. I can't say that."
1: Also, like on that, like David does seem more comfortable now, and like in his surroundings in a way that he's able to kind of crack jokes like that without it being like under his breath.
0: Yeah, I. I think David's getting—he's getting a lot more comfortable with everyone, but there's still a lot of apprehension about this whole Summerland uh, group. Yeah, I mean, well, we Lenny,
1: we don't really get like a lot of glimpses out out of it, like beyond there's a few establishing shots, like after the first night break.
0: Right. It's I think the the biggest thing is David's apprehension coming from Lenny, and we still don't know mm. how that exactly works. We know there's a personality of Lenny living in his head. Yeah that's that's about as far as we've got yeah we don't know whether it's someone
1: and... like using Lenny as like an avatar to mess with David or whether it is like his mind using Lenny as a way to like ward him away or
0: right because in the comics he can absorb persona- other people's personalities hmm. if he kills them that's one of the things that's kind of happened since the beginning uh just adds to his own so I don't know exactly what's happening here but lenny Lenny does not trust Melanie no. Well, I mean, like, all. Her, her secrets have secrets, so. Right. And I, I think that's fair, because we don't know much about Melody. We know she is not actively pointing a gun at David's head. No. Like, we get, like,
1: information about her husband, far. and how the Summerlands came to be, oh. but there's, like, there's no real scene which is, like, oh, by the way, you know, here's why I'm doing this. Like, this is really why I'm doing this. There's no, like, motivation yeah. in that way.
0: Well, and she straight up tells David, you know what, I don't wanna just use you. I wanna help you get better. I wanna deal with all of this and then I wanna use you to win this war. And we still don't know they keep saying there's a war going on, but I I haven't seen much of a war. I know division division three has something Yeah, well she said divisions as well, so it's like it's yeah, it's sort of yeah. been going
1: on for like a while if they've reached a third one
0: in that way. The divisions. One thing it uh when she made that line, she says, you know, there's more than one division. It reminded me of uh, this stupid arc in X Men back in the early 2000s where there were a bunch of essentially Weapon X programs. Okay. Not the Grant Morrison stuff. No. Not the Grant Morrison stuff where he said, oh yeah, Captain America was Weapon One. Yeah, that's the Phantom stuff, isn't it? 10. Yeah. yeah Which is, I could do a whole thing on Grant Morrison's X Men that I will not do because it is not relevant. <laughs> but. There was this whole thing where there were, like, three or four different competing weapon Xs. And they all had this whole, you know, they were different divisions of it. They had this whole big power struggle. And I hope that that's not where Noah Hawley's going. I don't think
1: so. I feel like that would be, like, a really deep cut for, like, I researched and found this and somehow liked the idea.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know where he'd run into it, because ain't no one recommending that early 2000s weapon X. It's not very good. It, It has freaking chamber in it but he doesn't have his fire face it's has sauron the peridon oh yeah that, that guy's great but... yeah yeah he's, he's a secret agent in that so mm. it's very different you know, to spider-man they, they, and the x-men they play it very straight yes but it it's weird but yeah she does the divisions also uh her husband her husband the rube goldberg coffee machine man
1: <laughs> oh jemaine clement <laughs>
0: What? What? <laughs> it took a second. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That That's Jermaine. Hmm. But no, That's Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. I didn't know if he was going to, you know, start talking about his business socks or whatever. <laughs> but he was...
1: Uh, I, like, I like the fact that kind of, yeah, he built it and then he's become a part of it, but I don't think this was the way that he was expecting to, to go.
0: Well, I don't know if he's alive, if he's dead. I, 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 know think, that, I, know. I think
1: he's dead, like... From the fact that he's like been memorialized as a coffee machine, but I also like wouldn't be surprised if it turned out that he was alive somewhere.
0: The only thing I know, and maybe this is digging into spoilery territory, is that he's credited on the show, and there is there are images of him in a costume that fits the aesthetic of Legion. Hmm. So maybe I don't maybe know. there's like
1: a flashback or something then.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It may be. Maybe he's alive. I don't know. I really don't. It's I'm, I'm happy it's with because... Coffee Machine,
1: Jermaine Clements, for the moment. He has a, if he has other but... stories, then I can sit and listen to him for a
0: while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're doing tests on David. They're doing, doing some tests. Carrie and Carrie are talking, trying to figure out what's going on. And David, he gets stressed out. And he has this, one of his new powers manifests. <laughs> him and Sid, you know, Sid tries to help him out, tries to see what's going on. It's this weird, glowy flash of light thing. I think that this is the and thing
1: which has impressed me the most over, like, the first three episodes.
0: What, that, that shot where it's... Yeah, he's just, like... So, well, like,
1: kind of once him. he starts to hover in the air, I was like, okay. Right. And then, like, he just gets, like, even more fantastical from that point.
0: Yeah, it it gets so, so weird. The
1: lighting in the scene His is very area. well done as well, because it's, like, it's the brief flashes of red and then Sid enters the room and there's, like, the one of green as well.
0: Right. So what what happens is they uh they go and they actually have like an out of body experience and David and Sid go to where his sister Amy is being held by Division Three.
1: We know why they call him the Eye now.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the Eye, Mr. Wood Wood Woodcutter Man, Whittler. We're gonna have to call him Whittler because the Woodcutter Man's the story of the <laughs> coffee machine. Geraint, oh, we we found also. the link. But uh, the Eye, he, you know, he sees these two who are you know. Doctor strange Strange-ass astral mm. forms, floating around where they're kind of torturing, interrogating Amy, and he sees them. Now, one thing I want to point out because this fits into my grand unified mojo theory, okay, is that uh, they're they're floating there, but the effects aren't like a ghost. No, it's I know not what you mean like you see it's it's a. It's tube TV CRT static. Yeah,
1: like I was gonna say, like they, they're like being superimposed on there, and like the way the old movies used to do stuff like this. But CRT yeah, TV definitely works with theory,
0: right? It plays into it, and I'm gonna, I want to just double down and reiterate. I'm only like twenty percent sold that Mojo is gonna show up, and this is gonna turn into a weird Art Adams TV show. But I just want it to happen so bad. Well, like, they
1: keep doing stuff with screens, and there's, like, the, the kind of, like, weird patchwork as well when they show off Amy at some point in the episode. And, you know, it's, it's like, it, it is pushing us more, like, giving you the opportunity to go in that direction and be like, this is what's happening.
0: Well, and at one specific point, David is looking at a thing on the TV. I forget exactly what he's looking at. He's looking at a TV screen, and then it jumps to the devil with the yellow one. Right there, big ol' mojo face. is big ol' yellow... Floppy face, and I just freaked out.
1: Yeah, but, definitely. It's it's very like it's more of a jump scare than I think i have gone for before.
0: Right. Nah, this its whole thing. There's a lot going on that really keeps pushing me in that direction, and I know I'm just looking for it. There's confirmation bias. I just I would just love it to happen. There's one guy on the Legion X Reddit. Oh yeah. Uh, Reddit, <laughs> I've so. been
1: seeing that wonderful feud. <laughs> he
0: does not appreciate that I keep sharing the uh, joys of Legion and Mojo. It could be worse, he could be like pushing the
1: trolls one hardcore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it's, all, it's all good fun, mm. it's all good stuff. Uh, but I just, I want it to happen so bad, because mm. there's a lot of weird stuff with Division 3, when you go in there, there's a bunch of screens, when David's having these weird memory flashes to it, like when he's kind of I don't know, psychically seeing what's happening or whatever, it's viewed through a lens, and the like the ratio of the screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Is uh, an old nineteen mm. seventies TV. Yes, yeah, it's, it's ridiculously it's small compared to what you'd expect. Square. It's got the static. It's got everything. If Mojo's not in there, Dave or Noah Hawley is throwing a lot of motifs, a lot of motifs mm. that fit with film, that fit with television, and maybe that's playing up. I think we talked about this. Yeah, I think I'm we mentioned like the
1: Truman Show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's playing up a lot of those tropes, and maybe that's just following within what he wants to do with playing with you know what is real, what's not. But it's uh, I don't know, it's working for me,
1: and I'm enjoying. Yeah, well, I mean, like I like the fact that we can theorize about this and not be like feel like we're completely dead on about it. It's just like it's fun to do it as opposed to like with Westworld where people had worked stuff out a few months in advance of like the episode revealing it, and everyone was like, "Yep, we're waiting for this now."
0: I do love. That there is a comic book TV show about a series that I would like to consider myself an expert in. See what I do there. expert. Hold on. <laughs> but, you know, and I don't know where it's going. Hmm. I don't. I, I can only pull so much from comics, from other media, for everything. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It is like, You
1: know, other things provide, like, the occasional surprise. Like, uh, the, are you watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
0: I have not caught off with the latest Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because my kid did not want to go to sleep. The last couple of nights, oh, okay. and I've heard it's very, very, yeah, exactly. Good. Like,
1: that's the thing which, like, kind of pulled the rug out from underneath people, but at the same time, it's also like, you know, people like kind of guess where things were going. Like, they knew that Daisy that Sky was gonna be Daisy Johnson, and right,
0: things like that. well, they all they also thought, uh, Deathlock from the uh, spoiler oh, from yeah. early season one, <laughs> they also thought Deathlock was Luke. That May. was a that was a weird time. <laughs> Oh, or This guy was fair. was Miss Marvel. He was walking around, he was a big, strong black guy. He was wearing a hoodie. He was a street level superhero. The other thing that's happening. This is a bit more at Summerland. Is uh, do we want to talk about carries?
1: Yeah, no, we have an answer in that way now.
0: <laughs> do, we, do we want to talk about the carries? It,
1: it's so casual the way that it's revealed. It's just like she she's walking like towards him and then just like kind of merges.
0: But it's shot in a way that maybe she's just behind him. I don't know with this show. It doesn't make any sense for two characters to have the same name. Their first name just be the you know masculine and feminine hmm. spelling of it. Have all this stuff about uh, merging. It reminds me so much of, and I know we just said, oh, we're going to cut that segment. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> there is a character that Patton Oswalt oh, played yeah. in the very first season. That's a good point. And... He had a bunch of brothers, and there was all this theory about, you know, way before the first arc, of, or this whole LMD arc mm. that they're going on right now, all these theories about, wait, is, is he a life model decoy? Are they clones? What, what's happening here? Mm. It was a whole yeah, Yeah, you know, They they're they look I, similar, so. They are playing with, you know, people's expectations on this show with Carrie and Carrie. Mm. Like, it's, I it's don't get... know much about female Carrie, though. No. Like, male Carrie, I think, has a defined personality. I th-
1: I think that, like, female Carrie kind of seems more, more of like the aggressive side, like, from, like, the Wing Chun machine, and then just, like, her kind of general demeanor. Has, has
0: female Carrie talked? I think she
1: said, like, I think she's had a couple lines, and they were maybe, like, a little bit more, perhaps, standoffish. I think David may have, I I think David may have asked for something, and then female Carrie showed up and just, like, kind of handed it over.
0: Huh. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on with that whole multiple man kind of thing. But it's another, it's another way that the show is playing with audience expectations, subverting them, letting people draw their own conclusions, and not treating their audience like they don't know anything. Like yeah.
1: And then, like, that kind of relates to, like, the kitchen scene as well, now that we've got even more information.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the memory work that's going on here. Do we want to start at the kitchen? Yeah, sure. Let's start there. Okay. So, uh, Autonomy and Melanie and, uh, what's his name? Main character. David. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> That guy uh, they uh, go back into memories and they go to the kitchen which we've revisited you know in every episode mm. now see what's happening we get a little more context and I want I want to jump to the context first before we actually get to that kitchen scene yeah the first thing, you know we, we saw last episode that David was going to be stealing from his psychologist or psychiatrist excuse me to get money for drugs for him and lenny for that vapor stuff and they get high. And then, uh, David's, uh, girlfriend, Philly, comes in, and she seems very, you know, upset that he's doing this. Now, he says that, you know, she didn't know about the drugs, or she wasn't aware. Do you buy that? Do you believe that? Uh,
1: I think, I think, like, maybe he'd pretended that he was clean, and and then, like, kind of kept it secret up until that point. Because I felt like, with kind of the level of highness that he's at with the vapor... I don't know if there's any way to, like, mask that and be like, oh, no, don't worry, I'm, like, not doing drugs for, like, the entire time.
0: Oh, yeah, and they were, because they were high as a kite. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, so they they get into a, you know, and we're led to believe that that's what what leads into the fight. So we're led to believe that that's kind of what starts and causes the fight. Hmm. But there's also, later in in the episode, there's a bunch of jumps to... uh, a bunch of different memories, and we'll get to that. We've kind of talked about the weird, weird horror show, uh, House, Resident hmm. thing. But there's one in David's in bed with a woman, and Sid happens to see it. She's in the memories, helping now, and she's not a fan of seeing that, no, for obvious reasons. And it's very unclear who the woman is.
1: Well, you you think it's Philly, right?
0: Oh no, I think it's Sid. I think it's straight up Sid. Oh, okay. There is one. There's one guy, who has said no it's definitely Philly you can see by the bone structure in this very blurry picture and i don't believe that because i can't see anything that they're talking about
1: oh, okay I, I i from watching it i was kind of like this is like this is probably philly but there's like misdirection here that it could be anyone from like yeah because some people said lenny as well
0: right i i what i think what i think it could be and maybe i'm reading into it i get the feeling that I don't know, like, David David and Philly, I don't think... I think Philly knew more about the drugs than she's letting on. And I think, you know, the big thing that would cause them to have a big breakdown isn't necessarily that he was getting high all the time. It's that he broke trust even more. Okay. And I think it would make sense, especially if you think of, you know, where the plot lines could go of, hey, now this old ex of yours is living in your head. And I'm your girlfriend now, so I'm not too I'm not too happy about that, David. Mm.
1: It's
0: not a but bad idea. I don't actually know if that's happening. Mm. That's me that's me My
1: in That's what all mm. my notes Yeah, are. My, my instinct was like, it is Philly and like much like with the kitchen scene, we're gonna get kind of information that there's like another argument there or something as opposed right. we,
0: to we make it more context. And that's that's the thing. The show is trickling out details. Yeah. Of his it's memory. it's like a very
1: Jonathan Hickman dispersal of information and mm-hmm. reveals.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So they have they have a bunch of other memories. The first one we see is, uh, do we see the kitchen? Yeah, we see the kitchen first. Yeah. And what happens in the kitchen is, is uh, trying to, you know, do his memory crafting stuff, and he's getting feedback, and he's getting frustrated. He's like, David, stop fighting me. And David is adamant that he is not doing this. And we see creeping out of the doorway of the kitchen, the devil with the yellow eyes. In his weird accounting comb-over outfit. That's
1: perhaps the most horrifying he's been in terms of appearance.
0: It it was terrifying. And he just, he creeps out of the side of a doorway. No one can see him except for David. Hmm. Melanie, she's in the memory. She doesn't see him. Economy, he's in the memory. He's controlling all this stuff. He doesn't see him. This is an entity all of its own. This is something that's happening that's impacting David, and maybe it's Maybe it is a split of David's personality, or maybe it's a spineless television producer. I don't (laughs) know. Either way, he's got
1: control of like how to view the memories without needing to kind of go through in the same way as Petonomy.
0: Right. And we we keep getting glimpses and the end of this episode really really cements it. These are these aren't just memories. There's something else going on here, hmm. and I—the devil with the yellow eyes—is the big part of that.
1: I from that I feel like David's kind of like constructing a reality in a way for him to
0: believe. He's but... never done that before. He—they hmm. haven't crafted several events around him, making his own reality. No, it's—it's and...
1: it's, if, if even if so, like I find it weird that he's not going for like an idyllic world, really.
0: Well, I, I think the big problem is David is—he's I mean, a troubled man. Hmm. I think. Regardless of his actual mental health, trouble is, troubled is a good word to describe him.
1: Yeah, it's a bad choice.
0: I I don't think he knows exactly what, what he wants to be happy. I don't think mm. he's controlling all of this. I think this is a lot of his subconscious. A lot of his insecurities come to light, but it's weird.
1: Mm. Something I just want to, like, spitball is, like, maybe his memories are like being overwritten by another personality and that's something to do with the tape eating because yeah. obviously like you can rewind yes. you can rewind over a tape so like re- like replace what he knew with something else and then maybe there's a like a, it's like an internal conflict there is like the version he believes to be true is like being suppressed
0: and so, someone's editing his life
1: yes this is definitely a
0: for for dramatic purposes
1: perhaps perhaps they could be a television producer of some sorts like this is a reality show <laughs>
0: I love this theory so much, even if it's not true. So, you know, they have the experience in the kitchen. David's freaking out, and, you know, after telling Melanie and Potonomy, I think they agree, hey, uh, some we need to look into this a little deeper. Our standard methods aren't going to work. So, they hook him up to a machine that's just measuring his brain patterns at some point with Carrie and Carrie, and he, uh, they ask him to have a, you know, think of a very stressful memory and he thinks of halloween where him and his sister and their dog were out and his the dog runs off a bit and he strays away trying to find him and at this weird house at the end of the road by a creepy creaking shed is the world's angriest boy in the world this big paper mache headed horrible snicker snacking mom head cutting offing thing and David loses it and that's what that's what leads to the out of body experience that we discussed a little bit earlier.
1: So in that scene did you notice but, that like the sign said David as well just right at the start?
0: I didn't until I went on Reddit later and saw that. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many details in the show, it's stupid.
1: It's very intricate.
0: So many little things. Yeah, they they see that it's creepy. It's another it's another thing verging on horror for this show, mm. which I think is a really cool angle.
1: Yeah, definitely, and like it, you know, it's a it's applicable like a load of scenarios. So you know, it's not just like oh we're trapped in this very small space and there's something lurking around the corner. It's also like we're, we're you know we're outside, but there's like still this kind of menacing force moving to ch- like chase me down, and he's gaining already.
0: Right. So I mean, you can take it two ways. I mean, with the stuff about how many of these memories are real, what's you know what is he remembering? What's being manipulated for him? I don't think there was actually a guy dressed up as a children's character who cuts off people's heads and then apparently burns down cities or something. Yeah, that's that's quite
1: a big jump.
0: That book's horrifying.
1: Hmm. It got, it yeah, got yeah, worse that, this so, week.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did, because they go to another memory. Uh, after all that stuff with the out-of-body experience, they just straight up say, Okay, hey, David, uh, you probably shouldn't be conscious. For this you should probably be asleep so they uh they sedate him when they go and do the memory work for the next time with a little with a little pink floyd reference as they do it just a little pinprick and uh they go into his memories and david in his memories is this little like eight year old kid <laughs> and where else have we seen that before matt
1: text illusion uh, yeah,
0: yeah yeah our horrible zero episode that no one should listen <laughs> oh. to such memories. He improved. We got a lot better with the sound quality, and now that episode has been erased from everywhere except for Patreon. So if you guys want to subscribe for a dollar a month, you can listen to us do a bad rambling thing of X-Men Evolution. Uh, yeah, David's, David's a little kid, and there's a very touching moment there with him and Stan. Oh, yeah, because... that,
1: the fact that they can connect and actually touch. Right.
0: They go through it. They start you know, living through his memories, trying to dig deeper and deeper. They get to where he's in his uh, psychologist's place and stealing all the stuff and the memories start to break down something's happening there is some entity at work and at this point sid can see some of the stuff she's starting to realize there's a part where the wall uh in that room cracks open like it did in the last episode hmm. uh, Yeah, when david's yeah talking to him in the memory hmm. and it sends sid on this big thing with david trying to escape and she goes. She's jumping through memories. It's, you know, when you have a dream and you're like, I was in my house, but it wasn't my house.
1: Yeah, and, and everything just like kind of connected without there being any like, oh, I walked from this one place to the other. You like, it's more like I was just there.
0: Yeah, they put that on film. Hmm. They did that exact thing on film. They uh, show all this stuff. Uh, the the world's anger is born. The world starts chasing them. He's back. Sid hmm. he doesn't know what's going on. She finds a way to get david into safety she tells him to go to a safe place and he crawls into the vents of his house i do want to point out in my day job when i'm not talking about x-men i am an hvac and refrigeration engineer and that is not how vents work that's not how any of this works and it frustrates me more than anything in the world if he wanted to do that he would have freaking nails and crap and sheet steel he'd be covered in junk he'd be dusty and also those aren't that big that's horrible for airflow that's the worst for airflow you're gonna be killing your compressor that way but that's not what's important here hollywood just needs to get on this die hard was good but let them have that and stop repeating the mean, like, i've lived with
1: i've lived with people who are like would-be lawyers and they occasionally get annoyed by like cop shows and stuff like that but i've never seen anyone get annoyed by air vents
0: american wedding was the only other movie they have a horrible thing about hvac how it operates in a flower shop and i lost it during
1: (laughs) oh that's quite an image
0: yes but you know david david hides sid eventually wakes up she gets out of the memory uh but melanie and uh, potonomy are still trapped in there melanie finds her way into david's childhood room and she sees the book she starts reading it kind of horrified that this is a book in a children's room Mm. then the book eats her hand yeah i
1: that that surprised me because i was expecting him to be somehow behind her and like it would end in like a rhyme of like are you looking at him because he's looking at you
0: right it was horrifying we see the last page of the book and we don't get a clear clear view of what it is. that's where the
1: city burning comes from
0: right and then behind her you know she eventually wakes up but before she does the devil with yellow eyes just starts kind of floating up Just uncoiling up behind her in this big, scary, he's-gonna-get-you moment. Mm -hmm. So everyone's up except for David. David's still under. David's still stuck in his memory, and that's where the episode Mm -hmm. ends. It's great. Yeah. It was a good episode. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely on, like, like, very psychological horror.
0: So, uh, you know, the very quick 10-second, if-this-is-all-you-know recap of the episode, it goes a little something like this. They go back into David's memories. He still has real messed-up memories but the memories may not be real and the devil's yellow eyes may be manipulating them. Also, Amy's still trapped and now Division 3 knows that David's around and looking for her. That's concise. That's about, yeah, that's about what's happening. Uh, I think we're, we're running a little low on time this week, but I want to do a quick thing. Well, I guess we're cutting the stuff. So. Yeah. But <laughs> But as of last week, we uh, started a list of theories that we just want to keep running down. List of questions that we have. So the first one: Who's the devil with the yellow eyes? We learn a little bit more about him this week, but we don't have a clear.
1: No. Do you think that like the angriest boy in the world, in a sense, like becomes the devil with the yellow eyes, or do you? Are you treating them as two I, separate I think, entities?
0: I think they're related mm. entities. Okay, because mm. I, I, I do think there's a lot of manifestation of his fears. I think there is a lot of that going on. Mm. Maybe the devil with the yellow eyes is pulling the strings. Because
1: mm. I was thinking about you know, the like, scene when they're going into the vents, and obviously like, the angriest boy is chasing them, and then it's like the devil with the yellow eyes is in the vents. So I was like, now is, like through him being out of sight, is there like, a subtle way to get him to like morph?
0: I think they're a lot closer to the same thing than different. <laughs> so, the other one, uh, what is real? We start to get a lot more of an answer on this, mostly saying that his memories aren't Mm. All that real. No, but all oh, of the division stuff is. Perfect memories. Yes. Uh, we get a little bit more stuff about the uh, people at Summerland, uh, how it was formed. We don't know much about the war. We don't know what's happening there. Uh, we don't know what's going on with that creepy dog that was in the first episode, but there's been dogs a lot.
1: Mm. There's another. So, obviously, I, his dog goes missing as well here.
0: Right. And I feel like it may. Not come up in the future, but it was a weird it was a weird thing to dwell on in that one episode. Mm. Uh, the other questions I'd have or that we have that we want to track: what caused the kitchen outburst? We're getting a lot more information about mm. that. That that will be answered. I definitely yeah. Don't. We just need a
1: little bit more connective tissue at the moment,
0: right? And then I'm I'm real curious about who David's in bed with because mm. I don't think that was clear. No, but that'd be it that uh the one last thing i know i sent you this oh yeah that someone that one. was mentioning mm-hmm. uh we see david's dad in this episode like his face and everything which was obscured in the last one and one thing that i saw just on a reddit thread uh someone was talking about how david created fake memories of his dad and that you know his real dad's xavier and wasn't around and all this stuff mm. how do you feel about that what do you think uh
1: i, I can see it that his dad is Xavier and that those may that may be like a version that he's created to avoid dealing with that side of his family and everything Mm-mm. I don't know how quickly we'd get that reveal like I don't I think if it is something that would happen it would maybe it's maybe like being seated here for another season as opposed to being something that's going to be dealt with here because I felt like it, it's gonna be a devil with the yellow eyes focused season as opposed to like right. oh we finished him and now there's something else to move on to
0: right I, the only thing i'm trying to figure out is if there's one thing that you that people know about david holler is that he's charles xavier's son like that's the mm. that's the thing so i'm a little i'm a little curious about that in general like what's going to happen mm. but we'll uh we'll have to see as we're wrapping up uh matt where can uh people find you online you guys
1: can find me at Matt underscore Sibley on Twitter and also at newsorama I did a review this uh, last thing went up on Wednesday for The Old Guard, which is a Greg Rucker title, which just gets started at Image. It's incredibly good, and you guys should all pick it up. But if you're not convinced from this, why not go over there and give it a read and see whether you think it's worth it? Uh,
0: and as for me, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Xavier Files. That's also the name of my website where you know, we host this show. I talk about X-Men characters every week. This week we talked about X-23 Laura Kinney, who's going to be in Logan, that's coming out soon, yeah, that I'm pumped nice for. So that's a good thing. Uh, oh, if you like the show, the show that you've been listening to for the last 45-odd minutes, uh, you can go to Twitter at LegionQuest. Uh, you can chat with us if you've got any questions. We'll try and answer them on air, do all that stuff. If you really like the show, you can go to patreon.com slash xavierfiles. Uh, that's our Patreon you can get access to a bunch of cool stuff. Support the stuff that you enjoy, and I think uh, I think that's about it. So, yeah. sound good, Matt? See you next yeah, week. sure thing. All right, thanks everyone. See you Bye. guys then. David, David, shall we begin?